Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hi there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you, because we are live today. So I'll give you the number right now, because after we share this uh, first part of um, the topic today and, and we present it to you, I know, I, I really do know why, because there's millions, there are tens of millions of you being affected by this right now. It's a silent epidemic. So I know you're going to have something to say about it. Here's the number 877-757-9424. And Adam, on this uh, feast day of St. Jane Francis de Chantal, uh, the, uh, the patron saint of um, those that are separated from their children, we decided to address this today, and we titled the show, Honor Thy Father and Mother. You know, that's what the commandment says, honor thy father and mother, and we are healing broken families today, hopefully with this discussion. But Adam, you know, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So how this um, episode came about is um, we looked at the feast days of saints, and uh, this Lesser-known saint, St. Jane Frances de Chantal, um, she was a wife, um, a mother, the founder of a religious community. Um, she, uh, her inspiration was St. Francis de Sales, a contemporary of hers is St. Vincent de Paul. So she had good company, um, and good, uh, good, uh, mentorship. And, um, she was an amazing saint and she also was a widow and she suffered from depression, anxiety. And, uh, because, um, she led, led this beautiful life and became the founder of this religious community, the Visitation Nuns, um, a cloistered community. She rose to, obviously, great uh, holiness and achieved that wonderful place um, in heaven, as we call saints. So she is an amazing saint. I would encourage you to research her. But, but the interesting thing is when I found out that she is the, the, the patron of separated from uh, children, uh, parents that are separated from from their children, it really did just uh, trigger me. It really did. And I, and I went to Adam and I said, Adam, I really think there's no accident to this. We probably should, should uh, address the commandment, honor thy father and mother, because there are a lot of families right now suffering, suffering folks from uh, the effects of parental alienation or uh, uh, various estrangement scenarios that are happening in their families. And parents, mothers, dads, uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles are suffering greatly from this. And pre-pandemic, Adam, um, for especially for parental alienation, and for those of you who have never heard that term before, it was coined by a psychiatrist um, in the 1980s, Richard Gardner. Uh, but then it is now, uh, there's 
there's more um, psychologists and and the the court systems, the family court systems that are that are starting to understand this strategy, this tactic that is used by one parent to target another parent um, and to replace uh, really good memories in the children with these negative memories that cause the the children and adult children to turn away from a very loving parent. Now, I just want to state this, and this is why I'm I'm having this kind of disclaimer right at the beginning of our presentation, Adam. Um, I understand that if there is um, um, psychological, um, spiritual, physical, mental, uh, sexual abuse in a family, you have to protect the children. I understand that. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about quote unquote normal parents being targeted um, by by the other parent uh, in order to break to break the bond to break that that parent child relationship and and children are walking away from their families adult children are deciding that they they no longer want their their parents anymore and pre pandemic Adam um, especially for parental alienation it was about ten million uh, now it's up to twenty two million. Okay, so this is a silent epidemic. It's growing. It's rampant. And if we don't discuss it, some we we're going to continue to have this problem. And the reason why we don't discuss it, Adam, is there is there is a stigma around it because automatically people think, well, if your child walked away from you, or your child won't call you, or your child doesn't want you to at, at a birthday party, there must be something wrong with you. And that's when I approached Adam, who has a tremendous amount of a background and experience, especially in his, his exorcism ministry that he works in on a weekly basis. And Adam, please share this diabolical connection that I think we need to all be aware of so that we can help with prayer and fasting to you know, possibly stop this and prevent this and heal families. Sure. So, you know, this this actually came up just yesterday uh, in sessions. We, we do sessions every week. And um, two things that I've seen over the years in, in the people that are suffering, you know, from demonic possession, and, and the reason it can be useful to talk about that, Deb, and we've said it before, is in possession, the curtain's kind of pulled back. So you're, you're not so much guessing or feeling your way through. Uh, the demon is, is in a body. It can be interrogated. It's directly saying what it wants. And so it gives you kind of a glimpse into the spiritual world in a special way. And, and I'm not saying it's fun to be at uh, exorcisms. Don't, don't go seek that out. But uh, what I've seen over the years is the devil is really big on isolating people. And he wants to isolate people that he's oppressing to get them to despair and fall into possession. And he needs to cut them off from those that love them and are supportive of them. The primary person he wants to isolate us from is God. So he's always saying, God doesn't love you. God is given up on you. Would he let me do these things to you if he loved you? You know, he's not there anymore. That's the first relationship he needs to break. But right after that, he needs to break the relationship with our parents, our spouses, the people that love us in our lives and give us perspective because he wants to do two things. He wants us to lose perspective, which is kind of what you're talking about in the family through that manipulation. He wants us to lose perspective and start seeing uh, these people in relationships as negative or, or useless. Uh, and then he wants us to listen to his version of reality. So I'm going to disconnect from the people that are close to me. And then the only voice I have left once I'm isolated is his. 
and then he's going to warp my world even more and try to utterly destroy the person. A happy, healthy family is really hard for him to pull apart and to get a person within that family to despair. He needs to separate them first. And there's, there's a few pointers towards this related to Mary. You know, at Fatima, she said his final attack will be on the family. She didn't say exactly how that would be, and it would probably be a multi, multi-prong attack in various ways. And one of the things we're seeing today, there's multiple attacks on the family. So, you know, that's that's some insights that we have had. Um, and, you know, there's there's connections to, by the way, the heavenly family uh, separating us from Mary is is something that I see playing out in a big way because the devil is terrified of Mary. Mary is often one of the figures that Jesus sends to intercede and to uh, basically declare his judgment that the mm-hmm. person be free. So there's a bunch of connections there with, with spiritual warfare. Well, and Adam, um, unfortunately, I was um, a targeted parent back in 2007. And so for many years, I I had to endure this very strange um, uh, dynamic of what was happening with my very, very normal children. And all of a sudden, strange uh, memories were coming up for them that never existed. The facts weren't there. Um, it, it, the, the result of this was they suffered, my children suffered, I suffered because I, there was nothing I could do. I was, I was, I was, um, helpless in, in certain areas. And then I didn't want to fall into hopelessness. Right. And I, and so I was, I was struggling with that. There's no one to talk to because if you talk to someone immediately, that cartoon bubble over their head is they're thinking there must be something wrong with you, Debbie. Why is this happening? And so you have to really uh, get very strong in your faith. You have to really um, know that God knows the truth. Um, you know the truth. You've got to stay in that place. You've got you've, you've to stay confident in that area. Otherwise, this can take you on a really wild road into um, horrible depression, anxiety, fear, I mean, all sorts of things. And then if you have other extended family members that pile on because for whatever reason, they, they feel it's their, it's their time, you know, their 15 minutes of, of fame for, in some way, um, it, it, it bleeds out into the rest of the family. So like, I'll give you an example. In my situation, it didn't just affect me. It affected me as the mother, but it affected my mother, the grandmother, my dad, the grandfather, and uh, most of my brothers and sisters who were aunts and uncles of my children. So see, it, the ripple effect is so damaging to, to the family. Folks, um, you hear the music. Uh, we really want you to weigh in on this. This is a very serious subject. It's happening right now in probably families that you know or you're experiencing it. Please call us and tell us if you've been a targeted parent or if you are suffering through uh, an estrangement with one of your children. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. This is your show, The Spirit World. And Adam and I will be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. 
Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God. But this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Honor thy father and mother, like the commandment says. That's what we're talking about today, honoring our parents on the feast day of St. Jane Francis de Chantal. She is the, um, the uh, patron saint of parents that are separated from their children. So we're talking about parental alienation today and estrangement from our children. Uh, parental alienation, it may be a new um, a term and concept that you may be unfamiliar with. So please, I encourage you to um, look it up. There are many uh, groups out there right now on the internet um, trying to get the word out there, the awareness. So much so, there's a national day uh, for parental alienation awareness. April That's April 25th. So that should tell you that this thing is huge and people aren't talking about it because they're, let's face it, it's very... Uh, troubling, uh, puzzling, embarrassing. I mean, you name it. It goes on and on and on what what parents feel. But the good news, Adam, is thank goodness that there are a lot of experts out there starting to bring in the surveys and the statistics and the results of of this uh, syndrome, and they are they are starting to to un, um, unpack it and say, wait a minute, there's a problem here. This is not about 
um, physical abuse and harm to the children. This is a, a strategy, a brainwashing technique, an emotional uh, child abuse technique uh, to really um, serve the 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 um, the uh, the benefit to one parent that that is looking to. Uh, really harm the other parent or the other family. So it's it's terrible, and it's this, and it's a it's a it's a tragic situation, folks. Um, it's very hard to unwind it once it starts. But the but again, the good news is reunification efforts are being made through through different support groups and websites. I will tell you though that our uh, church, the Catholic Church, still does not really know how to deal with it and how to address it uh, for the most part. So any any clergy that is listening right now, please uh, take this information back to the parish and realize this is not about, um, you know, sev- uh, severe abuse or something of that nature where people are, are fearful, Adam, to step in and say, OK, well, maybe there's a chance there's abuse. So I'm going to I'm just going to act like, OK, there's a reason this adult child is walking away from their mother or father. You know, it, we need to speak about it. We need to talk about it. We need to get the truth out on the table and, and open. And that's why we're doing these discussions. They're very hard discussions. But Adam, I deal with it on a regular basis in life coaching. Um, I would say a good uh, uh, a third of my clients are clients that are targeted parents from estrangement or alienation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in looking at the research on this, um, I don't have a, a, com- a complete understanding the way a professional like who only focuses on this would have. But my understanding is the presentation is very different than somebody who has been actually abused. And so the behaviors that you see and the responses in the person are actually quite different uh, when it's um, more of a manipulated perception of the parent. Um, You know, and Deb, I worked a a number of years in the prison system working in, in psychological services, and I've seen many, many people that have both been genuinely abused, but then I have seen the manipulation that people do uh, to their own children in some cases if they're incarcerated and have children on the outside. And then the description of some people that were uh, kind of a victim of this along with a lot of other troubles because they did end up in prison and they made some bad choices. But I have seen a lot of dysfunction there. And one of the dysfunctions and and where I'm going to with this, one of the researchers that I was looking into pointed out is that the attachment patterns of the adult who had been manipulated this way as a child actually get disrupted such that they have greater difficulty forming healthy relationships later in life because the two primary figures that were were kind of uh, built to relate to is mom and dad. And when one of those figures becomes a negative figure that's that's threatening, that isn't available, that isn't loving, in your perception, you're perceiving that they're unavailable, they're mm-hmm. unloving, or they're abusive, that, that colors the rest of life and all the other relationships with that gender. So if I have that feeling about mom, it's going to color my relationship with women. If I have that feeling about dad, with men. And so... Um, this kind of pattern essentially sets up characterological difficulties later in life that make it hard to relate, hard to pick healthy partners. Um, it's it's basically a very insidious thing. We we need to get back to fully appreciating how important it is to do our best to raise kids in as healthy a way as possible. Even if we had difficulties and we're struggling to do it, find out because it perpetuates to the next generation. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let me share this with you, Adam. I, I, I will tell you this, having been a targeted parent, um, if I didn't have such a strong faith and I didn't have a lot of, um, um, if I didn't have a lot of, um, spiritual support around me and I had my parents, thank goodness, my parents who were amazing, who were going, who were going through it with me. Um, I don't know if I would have made it. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It was so painful. It was, it, it, it felt like a part of your heart was being ripped out on a daily basis. That's why, um, that's why I am, um, writing a book, um, called perpetual grieving. That's the title perpetual grieving. And I, and I'd like to actually make it into a movie. So if anybody's listening, I really would, because it's the true stories of, uh, targeted parents from parental alienation. And this idea that we, as parents, we live through this ongoing grief process, even though our children are still alive. It's the strangest dynamic. I can't explain it. And, and, and here's the other thing too. They're also finding out that, do you know that, that most targeted parents, parents are the, they are the better parent. They are the more spiritual parent. They're the more, um, ones that are closer to God. Isn't that amazing? So they're finding that out now. So, so that ties into what you're saying about the, the diabolical, uh, aspect of it. Right, right. And and that would totally make sense. And if we think that through, the targeted parent is the victim of somebody who is manipulating the child and using uh, a child to get leverage and attack another adult. And so anybody who's engaging in that type of manipulation on their own child, kind of by definition, is not a healthy human being. And so it would make sense that the targeted parent on average, would end up being the healthier of the two for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is a really tough subject. We probably need several hours. I know that Jerry and I on Take Two uh, every year around April 25th of uh, the the uh, National Day for Parental Alienation Awareness, we try to address it. Um, and we always have full phone lines just like today. So let's get to the phones. Um, and also, too, if you want more information on um, parental alienation or being estranged from uh, your children or family members, there are many sites on um, on the internet, but Parental Alienation Awareness Organization, um, they have chapters that you can uh, join for support. There are on uh, Facebook groups, uh, a, a ton of them, unfortunately, uh, with thousands and thousands of moms and dads that are just crying out, trying to reconnect with their children. But those support groups are on, on um, Facebook as well. Um, and don't forget to like us on Facebook, folks, at the Spirit World Podcast. Uh, why do I say that? Because we'll post a lot of these resources as they come along. Um, and we'd like to grow the family that, there. Plus, let me just say this before we get to the phones. Uh, Adam and I will be at the Miracles Do Happen Conference, Fullness of Truth, uh, next weekend in San Antonio. You can still register. We'd love to see you. And Adam and I just made the decision this morning that we're going to do a little Facebook Live right on the conference uh, event floor. So we're excited about that. So, so please like us at um, the Spirit World podcast or and make sure you register for 
for miracles do happen for next weekend in San Antonio. You just go to fullnessoftruth.org. Okay, Anne is first up in San Antonio. Wow, look at that. No, that's a no coincidence, Anne. I hope you're coming to the conference listening on Guadalupe Radio Network. Just kidding, Anne. You don't have to come to the conference. But did you register? Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Anne. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Uh, I haven't registered because I've kind of missed out on that, but I would like to. And uh, I love your show. And let me just tell you, I'm calling because this is such such a vital conversation and topic, and it needs to be addressed um, very personally. It's been a very, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is the victim. He did not want the divorce. His wife did. She has someone else, and of course, it didn't end up good for her. And then when my son has a partner, and it's been hard the last 15 years because um, she has alienated the granddaughter. The grandson, who's about 17, will be 18 next year. And graduated and is going to go to college. He's still involved with my son, but doesn't stay over anymore. The subject matter is the granddaughter, the 21-year-old who's graduated from university. But all she told my son was that she just wanted him to pay for her tuition and she didn't want any other contact. So very, very limited contact. And of course, my contact by text were never answered anymore. And uh, I worked with a mental health therapist who's now retired, and she told me, well, just keep texting her eventually just for her to know. But if she doesn't answer, well, so be it. At least she knew that you tried. Um, It's just awful because the mother just completely alienated her from us, from the the grandparents, from the family on my my, uh, dad's side and her dad. And, of course, he... He was so proud to be a father. I have to admit, my son is a very good, he's a good Catholic. He had them as altar boy and an altar girl and everything. He did his best. She didn't go to church, and even after they were divorced, she just dropped him off for Mass. And, but the point is, it's such a good subject that you're bringing up because it is such a heartbreaking one because the kids, then they don't want to, they don't want to, my granddaughter wants to go to Europe and she doesn't want to, she wants to get away, she said, from what all this is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Anne, um, if you can hang on for just a bit, because uh, we're going to hit the pause button and we've got, I want, we want to give Adam some time to comment on, on your story. Our, uh, our, my heart is breaking for you, Anne. I, I can, I Unfortunately, I can totally relate. Um, so I, I get it. I, I have been there. I have experienced it. It's so painful. You can't even wrap your, your, your feelings around it in the words to, to express how deeply um, everybody is, is affected by this break in the family. But Anne, um, hold on. Let's let Adam comment. And if you'd like to uh, jump in on this discussion, folks, we're talking about parental alienation and estrangement um, with our children. Um, please, please call in if you have something to share. 877 757 9424. 
And uh, let's really tackle this from all angles so we can walk away, we can share this broadcast, and maybe enlighten other folks on what's going on. We cannot keep this silent any longer. It's growing, folks. We're over 20 million parents already are being affected. So let's talk about it. We'll be right back. When you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror, wondering if your past will forever define you, it doesn't have to. Go to StandTallToday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches. They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you can fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We're speaking with Anne in San Antonio who is sharing her story about um, her, her son and uh, his, uh, his wife and, and their kids. Uh, we'll get back to Anne in just a moment, but but Adam, um, you know, um, you're going to comment uh, to Anne right now, but, but but before you do, just add this to what maybe you're, you're sharing with Anne. I noticed uh, I had a lot of uh, psychologists who specialized in this area of breaks in families and estrangement and stuff like that. Uh, they shared with me that once the child turns about 24, 25 because of the frontal lobe development, they, there's going to be a shift in their personality for the better hopefully, because they'll be more mature. I noticed that with both my boys. Now, Anne was sharing about her granddaughter, who I believe is 21. So is there, if there's anything you can add to maybe give Anne some hope, um, maybe, maybe a couple more years would, would benefit her granddaughter. What do you say? Yeah, so Anne, you know, sorry to hear what your son is going through. Um, there's, there's a couple things, as Deb mentioned. So so, you know, when we're individuating from our parents, when we're figuring out who we are separate from what our parents kind of told us we should be or implied that we should be in life, as we're going through that process, um, it takes time. And so 
as Deb said, up till about 24, the brain's still developing. It is developed, you know, we're, we're considered adults at 18 and the brain is, is developed, but it's not fully developed and matured until about 24, 25 or so. And so as we're finishing that individuation process and figuring out who we are separate from our parents, which is, you know, typically done in the 20s. That's kind of the rule of thumb we learned when I was going through grad school in psychology. In psychology, you spend your 20s uh, figuring out who you are versus what your parents told you are. So there's a few factors there that in her mid-20s, she'll probably start reevaluating things with her own uh, thoughts and perspective, not so much being guided by other people. So I think there's some hope there. And then, and then kind of under that idea is something I found in looking into the research on this, and that is hopefully your son doesn't give up trying. Not that you want to be overbearing, but you never just want to walk away and say, okay, you've, you've rebuffed me so many times, I'm just not going to try anymore. Because sometimes people, and I think usually, we're secretly hoping that the relationship will be healed, that there'll be you know, a healthy reunion emotionally with that person in that relationship. And if, if the older person, the parent, gives up and just walks away, sometimes that feels like a genuine uh, abandonment of the person. So even if it's rough to still send the Christmas card, to, to send a text once a month, uh, to let them know that you're still there and loving and, and looking for that relationship to be healed, sometimes that's going to pay great dividends later. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Anne, what, what uh, Adam had to share? Thank you. Anne, go right ahead, Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And I appreciate that that's a very I kind of stopped uh, trying to text her since she stopped uh, and didn't respond to me. But I think I'll keep texting her and letting her know that uh, I'm around. And even if she doesn't respond to me until maybe one day she will. She has, um, anyway, with my son, I'll, uh, he was never, he never challenged his, wife, his ex-wife. Uh, there are many lies that were said. Uh, I'm sure she said that he cheated on her, which he never did. Uh, but she's the one in, in the, uh, documentation of the divorce. She had cheated on and had multiple relationships. So nobody has told the kids that. My son has never chosen that. And maybe one day they'll know the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we pray for, Anne, because the truth will set you free, right? And, and Anne, it's so important that they do know the truth someday, when, and as they mature, um, um, ho- hopefully they will, fil- they will um, figure it out. Now, here's the thing. when You said something. I just want to um, um, go back and circle back and, and highlight. And you made the comment that there were a lot of lies. That's how this gets... Um, continued. That's how parental alienation, that that false narrative stays alive. It's through the lies. It's all lies. And when we know, Adam, who the author of lies is, and, and, and it's so interesting, and that that's the common thing is that when I deal with people who, and I work with people who are the target parents, they will say to me, but that was a lie. That was a lie. And they'll, they'll say it over and over again. And, it, and that's how it, this, this whole uh, false uh, story uh, stays alive is through the lies that are, that are being shared. And so, and what we need to do, honestly, I believe is really, um, 
have some intense prayers, Lady Undoer of Knots, the Novena, um, also fasting, because fasting breaks strongholds, um, and also ask our guardian angels to really help out, connect, uh, um, you know, our guardian angels to connect our guardian angel with our children's and grandchildren, their guardian angels. So to keep the family, at least on the heavenly side, connected. Okay, so it's very, very important. Any final comments, Adam, before we let Anne um, get going with the rest of her weekend? No, just that, you know, we'll pray for her, pray for her son um, and, and the healing of the family. And I'm sure many of our listeners will too. And and uh, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. also look into look into our wonderful saint whose feast day is today and ask for their intercession. Absolutely. Thank you, Anne. God bless you. Hopefully we'll see you maybe at the Fullness of Truth Miracles Do Happen conference next weekend, okay? I sure hope so. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks, Anne. Stay in touch with us. Uh, Laura is up next in Buffalo, New York on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the Spirit World. Hi. I I wanted to weigh in on this topic. Um, I feel that I am the targeted person in my family. Um, I have a, an adult son who's 22 on the autistic spectrum, and he is identifying as transgender, and this has you know, started since COVID. Um, he stopped going mass, and my entire, my entire family on my in-law's side um, are accepting of this, are supportive of, the, of this, have told me that they will support him in any way they can, whether it's medical, medically or surgically or hormonally, whatever. Um, and I've told them that this is not good. I don't agree with it. And therefore, I am like now the target, I'm the despised person of the family. And it just is painful for me because they are going over my head and being involved in my relationship with my son um, against my, against my, um, like my will or my, what I think is good for him. Mm-hmm. Well, this is another angle to this, and see, this is this is what I was sharing about Adam. That this is has has ripple effects in in different ways, um, and how it's how it's attacking the family. This can be an intact family or a family of divorce or separation. So it's, I mean, the demons are coming from all angles. Adam, can you can you assist Laura with this? Yeah, Laura. So. You know, that's there. There's so many complications there, especially with the autism, depending on how that is affecting his his thinking and his emotions and his ability to, to make good choices. Um, boy, that is that is a tough one. Um, how how distant are you from him? Are you still communicating? And um, he, he understands where I'm at, but um, I pretty much have no, I have no desire to be around my family because of this, because I feel like so betrayed by them that I like he's going by a female name, which I've told them I, it bothers me when I hear it, when I hear people calling him by this name and they don't care. They just will continually to do it. I have a sister-in-law who just does it to spite me. So I just can't be around that. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, my husband still talks to his family, um, but he understands where I'm at with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, I actually, my thought goes to seeing whether you and your son could go into counseling together, perhaps uh, along with his father, I don't know, but maybe somebody to help you um, bridge that communication so that yeah. 
instead of instead of it just being like okay we just don't agree and so things break at that point maybe you know instead of him saying it has to be this way and him feeling like you're saying it has to be the other way somebody yeah. to help you to come together and and share where you're coming from and why you're coming from there and and maybe that could lead to more dialogue as opposed to just the door being slammed yeah i'm i consider that but i'm actually reversing a psychologist with him regarding his autism and when i brought up this topic um the psychologist looked at me and said you know you just need to you just need to accept your son and i understand that this is like among the um psychological community that if psychologists don't support this that they they stand to lose their license so i, I honestly don't trust mm-hmm. psychologists at this point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and, and add, think, like, yeah well but laura Hold on one second. You just said something about you need to accept your son. You do accept your son. You love your son. You're his, you're his mother. You, you you do accept him. You just you you just don't uh, understand, agree with, and can accept the choices that are being made. And everybody has the right to do that. And the sooner and the sooner we realize in this world that people have the, had the choice to. Um, to, to do because free will okay they have their choices but we also have the choice to either either say that we're going to agree with this or not agree it doesn't mean you don't accept your son i these words adam i i'm getting really irritated at the way even our psychologists those those mind experts are are twisting words and the, and it's not fair to do to parents it's it's putting them in a corner where they have nowhere to turn yeah, it's 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 the black and white kind of thing. So, you know, and, and we can think of this with sin. Um, there might be something in my own life that I do or I'm inclined to do that I don't like. Uh, that doesn't mean that I decide I'm a 100% useless, terrible person. And there could be things in, in people that are close to me. And I say, you know, there's that piece of your life that I know you're struggling with. I see it's a problem for you. I don't agree with it. It even scares me. But that doesn't mean I reject you entirely. And so this idea that you need to accept the person like 100% or zero, you know, you, you must accept everything. Well, you can say, you know, I love you and I accept you and I'm troubled with this one part of your life. And, and you know, it, we're, we can be in disagreement about certain things. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And, so and still I, have I a loving the, relationship. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Laura? You know, Laura, I think you need to get some experts to sit with you and your son and the rest of the family members. And I'd keep going to expert to expert and or the church or go somewhere where you could get a third party to sit down and and just share exactly what what Adam and I were stating. You don't I, I think it's terrible that you're backed into the corner like that. Yeah. Yeah, and my, my relationship with my son is getting better. Like, he understands that I love him and that um, I just will the best for him. But this still is a problem within my family, on my, with my in-laws. And it is very, like, what you were saying, Debbie, about how this is like, you're, you're like, grieving the death of somebody and the person's still alive. That's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but Laura, stay strong. Stay strong. You have yep. the faith. Okay. You're close to God. Get even stronger and let the joy shine. You know, joy is contagious. Always remember that, Laura, because I, I'll tell you what, I, I was working through ministry while this was, was going on. And if people knew how my heart was breaking on the inside, but on the outside, I was trying my hardest to spread that joy. It definitely helps. Okay. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. You're well. We'll be, we'll be praying. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you. Okay, um, we are going, uh, do we have some more comments coming in? Do you see, we've got a lot of comments. Okay, here's what we'll, here's, here's what we'll do. We'll make an executive decision, Adam. Um, we will um, revisit this topic again in a couple months, you know, to give people a chance to weigh in on this. Uh, we're not going to get to everyone today. We're going as fast as we can. So let's go when we have uh, full phone lines plus. So let's go to Marie and Marie is listening in Ohio on, 105.3 is it St. Mary Radio Marie? Welcome. Yes, yes. Oh, hello. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. First I have to say you are pretty light in such a dark area and mm. it's horrible. And I'm so happy to hear this. I feel like crying that I don't want to waste any time. I'll just, can I say real quick what what it's, it'll be real quick a snapshot. My son married young. His wife became Catholic. She got involved in witchcraft. My grandson got involved in pornography. Then this whole accusation of that my son had done something to the, my grandson, which he has a lot of emotional, he's, he has every label behind him. He just, I love him to death, but he has a lot of labels behind him. So when they accuse, accuse my son because of he'd been in pornography, social services, police, and then um, I found out she puts a lot of things on Facebook so we know what she's doing. And she said it was she had planned this whole thing to get him arrested and put in prison. And there, she had a guideline of how to do this. If you want to get total custody of your kids, you have to make these accusations. And then, then they have to fight like crazy. There's no money for legal defense. By the grace of God, he's protected, and my son is wholly living a Catholic life. Two years has not seen his kids yet because he's still jumping through hoops. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder, like, the spiritual battle is enormous. And I'm sorry I couldn't hear the rest of your program. I'm praying I can get it. But that's where I'm at. It's, just, it's totally a spiritual battle. We're dealing with she has cast spells on her family. I mean, that's where it's going. And what do you do? You know, I mean, I'm doing the best I can, but it, it's been two years since he's seen his kids. Three years of this battle has been going on. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. Adam, what would you share? I know Lady Undoer of Knots for sure. Marie, I would just want to get um, Our Lady's Novena in there because a very powerful, I would multiple times and grab friends and relatives that can say it with you because there's strength in numbers. That would be my first, um, and I, I'm a big believer in Mary Undoer of Knots. Adam? So, Marie, how old is his son? How old is his son? Marie. Okay. Um, so okay. I didn't couple, hear Marie. How old is his yeah, son? I didn't. I, I think she may have. My, my son, oh. the grandson is now 15. This started, the pornography started about five years ago. Witchcraft started at the same time. My son is 36 and they have five kids and he hasn't okay. seen any of them. Okay. Well. All these accusations, but you still right. have to fight. Right. So, so of course, if there was accusations related to, you know, to a, a minor being abused in any way, you, you, you have to run that course and let that be properly investigated. Um, and, and we just have to, we have to respect that system. Um, you know, as a society, we have to, we have to pursue all of that and, and then make sure it's ruled out. And then if it turns out to be false accusations, there's laws against that. Um, Certainly, there's laws against false accusations of rape. I assume that also applies here, though I'm not an expert on that. 
Um, you mentioned curses. That's one area that I can weigh in pretty clearly on, and that is if you're in a state of grace, and that means you don't have unconfessed mortal sin on you, uh, curses should not be affecting you. The only way that they, uh, usually the only way that they could is if you bring a cursed object into your home, the spirit is with that object, and because the object's in the home, it can rattle around and kind of affect the people in the home and do things. But in terms of you personally, somebody can't just sit in their room and cast a curse and have it affect you if you're in a state of grace. So, you know, for yourself and, and for as much of the family, I would encourage them to, to get back in a state of grace if they're not there and stay there and, and go to church so you don't have to worry about the witchcraft. You can kind of take that off off the table as a concern. If people are in a state of mortal sin, that's a little different. So, yeah, this is difficult. And, and again, working in the prisons, you know, I've heard stories of, of people claiming that there was complete false accusations that even led to incarceration. You, you just don't know. You, you have to assume if you're incarcerated that it was valid. Um, but I've heard this a lot of times. And so and people aren't they're not above lying. So it, it's just so difficult, Marie. Um, you have a special authority and ability to pray and intercede for your son as a mother. And so I would try to not lose hope and despair. The mass is your most powerful prayer. So having mass intentions um, for the clarity and the, and the truth of this situation to come out, uh, that, that would be something I would be doing. And then I would just continue to pray for your son and, and let all of the official stuff get worked out um, and you know honor that process. And then hopefully when that's resolved, it'll, it'll actually fall in his favor and maybe it'll it'll bring a lot of clarity for the rest of the family, too. OK, Marie, does that give you some some hope for now and just stay very focused with the mass and, and the rosary? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's all of my life. But you know what? What gives me hope is that you have this on the radio. Mm, thank you. <laughs> that gives well, me hope because there's a well, lot of young people going through this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer, Marie, just so you know, because I spent many years in religious education. I'm a firm believer that we have to speak the truth, as embarrassing or as difficult or as hard as it is. Um, it, we have to get it out there because I believe that when we speak the truth, we it's like putting a, a pin in that balloon and that balloon starts to deflate and that that's the that's the demons the demons power that they have it starts to deflate and i and i love that i love speaking the truth and just and just popping that balloon marie and that's why we're we're tackling these topics so thank you for affirming that god bless you thank you so much thank I'll you, pray for you. <laughs> thank you please please do we've had a lot of uh, technical issues this week and we know um, um, I believe adam that that was the little demons just trying to to mess with things um so, Adam, uh, let's go to uh, Kathy, and Kathy is in Huntsville, Alabama, on EWTN.com. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for waiting, and welcome. Hi. Mm-hmm. How are you? Go right ahead. I'm good. Oh, um, yeah, my, uh, one of my sons uh, totally rejected my husband and I once, and said not to contact him anymore, and I told him, well, uh, I would contact him whenever I wanted to because I loved him unconditionally, and I was not going to let him go, and then so that resolved, but then years, years later, he uh, he blocked my phone calls. He got mad at me and blocked my phone calls, uh, and that was happened for months, 
and it was just over just i i don't even think i said anything wrong it's just we have different perspectives politically and he just got ticked off and you know you never know what's going to set him off so uh he blocked my phone for months and i prayed mary undoer of knots a uh, couple of times and it resolved mm-hmm. so, wow he's, he's, well, he's, praise god praise yes yeah Praise God. So prayer, prayer works um, and staying focused. Absolutely. So Kathy, thank you for sharing that. And that's what we, we need to hear more stories of hope that you can have those reconciliations. Those are beautiful. So Kathy, um, thank you for sharing today. Also, uh, um, Adam, we're going to run out of time. We had a, a bunch of calls come in and comments. They said, please mention the saint because they don't, they hadn't heard of the saint before. Her feast day is today. Uh, she's the patroness of those that are separated of parents that are separated from their children. So she's a great saint to go to and ask her to intercede. St. Jane Francis de Chantal. So Adam, um, uh, Kathy um, had a, a great uh, story of healing through prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's moving towards what I, I, I want to bring back in, and that is Mary's role in all of this. Um, you know, we're coming up on the feast day on Tuesday of the Assumption of Mary, which points to the importance of Mary in terms of a heavenly mother. And God gives us the heavenly father uh, as a figure we can relate to as humans because we have mothers and fathers. That's where we come from in terms of our, our bodies here. But he gives us Mary as a heavenly mother. And again, going back to the to the cases over the years, Deb, I've seen so many times that Mary is the figure that heals families and brings them together because she is she is the mother of God. She is the queen of heaven and her intercession um, and her working in our lives in terms of the family, because she is all about family and, and she she is our mother and loves us unconditionally, um, is just a great place to go, uh, not only for the eventual healing of the family, God willing, but the solace of mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. ourselves in the in the difficulties, in the times of trouble and maybe the years of estrangement before there's a healing um, the heavenly parents can be figures for us that mm-hmm. can help us get through that. So, Amen. you know, it, it's hard, but I just encourage you to go to her in the rosary, go to her just in plain conversation, as Therese tells us, um, because there is comfort there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So I wanted to share with our Spirit World listeners, um, please like us on Facebook. We'll continue to post some resources there about this topic, parental alienation and estrangement from our children. Um, and the uh, the handle is at the Spirit World Podcast. Um, we're not going to get to Chris and Roger and, and Diane and the others today. Please um, leave your comments with Carol, our call screener, and we'll, we'll address it at the next um on the next mailbag show um also i just wanted to share please folks never ever give up never lose hope stay rooted in prayer stay focused okay and keep the joy please keep the joy okay it's very very important so uh with that adam I I say we wish our spirit world um listeners a beautiful and blessed week and we'll see you next saturday 